I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. I'm attorney Barry Boykin. Welcome to part two of this episode 26. Uh, as we continue our discussion about children and refusing parenting time with our guest, Dan Flory. See if this sounds like you agree. Let's say you're with your child and they fall down, skin their knee. And my advice is go straight to like Lurie's Children's Hospital. And even though it's a little bruise or a scrape, that way they get an intake from an actual hospital and nothing happened. But that way you can't send them back with a scraped knee. And then they're like, oh, they were damaged. Look at this huge bruise. And then they make something out of it because the child is returned damaged and you have not got the medical care. So I like to be on a hair trigger to go right to urgent care at Lurie's downtown Chicago. I don't work for them, but I mean, they have not only a children's emergency room, they have a children's urgent care down at Lurie's. Uh, they might have it to branches too, but I've sent people down there just because you just want to have somebody look them over and they're fine. They'll, you know, and that way the other side can't, can't say, well, you didn't even get a medical care. You Kev, know, I can themselves. tell you've never had sons. My son, my <laughs> no. son, when he was little, no. he'd have marks all over himself, and he pro- and he might have done some of them to himself on purpose. <laughs> I mean, he'd have cuts on every knee, he'd scrape on every arm, he'd have some black eyes and marks on his head. He, the kid was an animal. So I don't know. I'd be going to Lurie Hospital but, but wait, a lot. <laughs> in fact, I was going to add to what Dan was well, saying wait. is that I had a case years and years ago where the dad was apprehensive about claims the mother might make of abuse. So the dad would take his son every other weekend to the hospital for a wellness check. Just check the child, make sure there's, when I return, there's no bruise. So every other weekend, the child has been taken by dad to the hospital to prove he's not abusing him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that too much. <laughs> Before we go further. This podcast is no substitute for the specific legal advice you will get by consulting one-on-one with a licensed attorney in your state or country. We hope that before taking any action that might change your life or your financial situation, and before making decisions that might significantly affect your children and the people around you, you do find and meet with a licensed attorney. Now Now on with the show. show. What you're talking about, Dan, is if you have a functioning household, nobody's accusing each other, right? But I mean, in divided households, somebody could try to, also, if they bang themselves hard, like, you know, they, they bang themselves, their elbow or something like that. Now, a day yeah. later, it's purple. True. You know, the bruises get bigger. So if you can say, no, I took I took Susie right to the Lurie's or whatever and, and got her checked out at urgent care, you know, and, and that way, a day later, when it turns purple, you already had a record of taking care of it. I'm worried that I, I would I would yeah. start out, just take a little picture of it on the smartphone and. And then send a little text message to my ex and say, oh, Bobby fell on his knee again when he was chasing Spot the dog across the yard. Here's a picture of it. And, and if it doesn't blow up, I don't know. I, going to the hospital for a scrape just seems a little bit little bit extreme for me. Well, if it's a facial wound or something, you know, like a bruise, like it's going to, you know, it's going to develop into a bruise. Um, my concern is that if the other side looking for any angle, yeah. they, you have to be careful. You have to keep things in writing, you know, but uh, maybe I'm more paranoid, more paranoid than you. Um, So we talked about the refusal, the child's refusal, and you mentioned the age. So, okay, well, let's just specifics. Okay, a child of five is reported to not want to go. Is that different than a child of 10? Yes. A child of 15? How is it it different? What's a child of five? 
you know, a child of five, no. should they be listening? And I to? think that child's being, uh, uh, what's the word, programmed. I think there's a natural love that all children have for both parents. I've even seen that natural love remain in in after abuse, after bad abuse. Yeah. Children want to want to love and want to be loved by their parent, and they protect their parents. Yeah. So it's it's almost unnatural for a, especially a five year old to accuse their, their other parent to the point we're not wanting to be near that love and be within that love. So right away, I would have red flags going off in my mind that something funky's going on here because it's just not natural, in my opinion. And just that they maybe not explain themselves, but they don't want to go. Or it's reported by the parent, the majority parent, they don't want to go. You know, I would be suspicious. Um, I would be so, suspicious of programming. Yeah, I think that a child that of that age the the more tender years of course there the younger you go then the more more tendency there is for the child to be you know so bonded with the mother and if the father has been absent so the father is oh, coming true. around every three months the father's got to be there father's got to be there from the from the get and develop that relationship yeah develop that relationship oh yes that's true with younger kids more yeah. often shorter is is better than if you get like every other weekend but that's what twelve days of not seeing that parent for a young kid. That's a long time. You're better off with spring, sprinkle some more visits during the week, a two hours here, an hour there. I don't know if you agree, but just to see the face and and be in touch and phone calls and video calls. I don't even lay any stock in those things. I think it's got to be face to face visits and as often as possible. But not go for bulk. You know, like I've got to have you know a full weekend. That's where the quality is. But then you're 12 days and never see uh... Right. We just mentioned about the five who refuses and the skepticism. Well, what's your position, Kev, about you um, didn't tell us what you think of the five-year-old saying he doesn't want to go or she doesn't want to go. Well, I've been on the receiving end of these child refusals more than I've had my client, the parent, <clears> say, well, Debbie doesn't want to go or Susie doesn't want to go. It seems like I'm I'm helping people overcome those refusals more often. My thought is, the problem is, if they say, well, I can't stuff Susie in the car, what am I supposed to do? One way to get around that is, in now this was pre-COVID, but to have uh, public meeting places. I used to like the Woodfield Mall, <laughs> the play area at the Woodfield Mall for the exchanges, because sometimes, not to be too accusatory, but sometimes the majority parent is lazy. They would rather just like stay home and not have to get the child ready to go out or just whatever. And, you know, open the curtains. There he is. Uh, you know, whatever. He doesn't want to go. And by having the exchange out of the house, like a public place, like a mall, I always like malls, at least before COVID. That means that they have to get out of their off, out of the house, transport the child to this meeting place. And then it also cuts down the drama because my client going to the door and being unwitnessed, you know, all that's there is the other parent and the child and my client. It could be alleged later that things happened. People were physically abusive right on the doorstep. So that's one way to get them out of the house into a public exchange place. Also more measurable too. Are they there? And I'd have my client buy Starbucks or something like that near the location so they can prove they were there. That's one way. For a five-year-old though, uh, I'm I'm very reluctant. I I wish that we had more of a policy of having these kids in counseling. 
people, there's a lot of stigma. I, well, well, Bobby's fine. He doesn't have any mental illness. Or, but I think there should be more plain vanilla counseling, just a place for somebody to go and talk. Mommy and daddy aren't getting along. Daddy, you know, Bobby can talk with somebody or Susie can talk with somebody. And uh, there's even a statute in the parenting, in, in the Marriage Act, 607.6. And I've been using that more recently where you can say the child's words with a counselor are protected and cannot be divulged in the litigation. So now the counselor can truthfully say to little Cindy or Susie, everything you tell me is confidential, honey, unless you're going to hurt yourself or unless someone is hurting you. Yeah. And that way they can open up. They've got concerns about dad's cooking or they've got concerns about mom's discipline or they don't like the the new girlfriend. They can just unload. And that's a lot of times these kids are so burdened. They just need to unload to somebody and they can't. Everybody's hanging on every word. So anyway, that's a five-year-old. With a 10-year-old, you take a different approach? Yes. Well, 10 is close to five in my approach. I find it gets really awkward when they're a little bit older, but I, I would say a 10-year-old doesn't have the ability to make these decisions himself. And my my gut red flag would go off as saying there's some kind of programming here going. Uh, I, I'm, I don't see 10 as being a lot different than five. Is that because it's pre-cell phone, pre-dating, pre, pre uh, like, for example, pre, yeah. pre-boyfriends? Um, the big tools of leverage over just a, these I just fit, the, the age is so malleable. I mean, they'll do anything mommy tells them to do. Uh, and I, I go back to my speech about it's unnatural to not want to be loved and protect both parents. But I don't know. Ten seems close to five to me. That, that's it's just a gut. It's not a science. So, Barry, do you think they would a 10 year old would do whatever mommy wants or you know, mommy implies? that going with dad is bad or she hates Brenda, dad's new girlfriend, and it would be better if he stayed home and we'll have ice cream. I mean, do you think a 10-year-old would, would forego well, or say my no? My take is much the same time? as Dan's, except, as you know, I'm adding in the idea of how involved has dad been in the child's life? And then what's the gender? So is it a, mm-hmm. is it a, a boy or a girl? And uh, if it's a boy, then, you know, what, what they, you know, have they been going to, playing sports and that kind of thing. And the girl wants to go to ballet or something of that nature. So I, I do find some differences yeah. in uh, with, with the gender differences. And Well, let's say a 10-year-old girl. Let's say a 10-year-old girl is reportedly unwilling to go with dad for his parenting time. Mom's a majority parent, and mom conveys to dad, maybe in texting, Susie doesn't want to go this weekend. She's got ballet. She's got a birthday party. And I'm going to take her out. We're going to have a mother-daughter uh, trip to the mall or something. So all these things are planned, and you can't have her, and Susie's on board with it. What do you do? Well, do, you, do you believe uh, it? In your scenario, though, has Dad had a close and, and uh, nurturing relationship prior to that with the child? Yeah, is he in the yeah. picture? Yeah. So assume he's been coming on a regular basis, but now he's dating Brenda, or Mom now has a spark of a, a reason. And like Dan was saying, these kids can get thrown into the fight. I call it tr- using them like a child yeah. soldier. You know, the one I was just going to say, it's mm-hmm. almost never a child that doesn't want to see a mother. Have you noticed? It's almost always against the father. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And if I did get a child that didn't want to see the mother, I think everybody in that case would take it more seriously, no matter what the age of the child was. Yeah. And these these are probably stereotypes, I had a aren't case. they? Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't Hell know yeah. if science yeah. supports yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I wonder how much is my own bias. You know, you think, well, a father who drifts away and, and isn't that interested seems to be more commonplace. That's my own bias than a mother who Well, here's the other thing about your scenario, Kevin, which – but I'm going to drop the bomb that... on you on this one. That uh, so so dad <laughs> so dad dad starts dating Brenda, and the little girl says, "Hey, you know, I used to be number one in dad's life, and now he's got this mm. chick. He wants to spend all the time with her, and then he leaves me with her and goes do <laughs> yeah. something else. You know, and I, I don't even like Brenda. So so for the little girl, it's like, hey, I I, I did love it with it was my dad, but now he's he's changed. He's changed." I haven't changed. Yeah, now I'm now I'm not the apple of right, his eye, right, right? Right. And what if Brent and Brenda's kids and Brenda's kids are bullying? Uh, they twisted. They oh twisted my God! You guys <laughs> haven't even talked about that. That is such a common problem with these modern families of the two and three different kids from two oh, and three different yeah. families all interacting and some of them abusing one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a GAL or was I a child? I went to a home visit to see how they were living, and this boy was on. I saw the bedroom. I saw how they're living and they got bunk beds for the two boys. And then the one I'm protecting in the case is that a slide out mattress underneath <laughs> the bottom bunk. <laughs> he doesn't even have his own. Man. That's kind of half thing. So he was being treated as like second well, class everything in, in the house. It was really just from the bed. You could tell. So uh, don't forget though, guys, there are statutes in place too now for what is it called? Parenting time abuse. When the oh, one yeah. parent does, yeah. you know, try to wrongfully and, and falsely interfere with the parenting time of the other. <laughs> I've used that once or twice. It hasn't really gone anywhere, but I'm trying. I'm just thinking while we're talking about this, these problems, how do you fix these things? I, I don't know. I know. What, what about the cheering up that's supposed to be part <laughs> of this podcast? How do we make people feel better? Okay. Can I say another thing, too? Now, here's, here's a, a, a remedy or, you know, stave off problems. Let's, you know, the problems are going to be the guy's dating Brenda, dad's dating Brenda, and now Susie reportedly doesn't want to go. All right. I talk about invisible dating. I say to my clients, look, you're going to meet people, but date them on your, on your off time, not when you're with your daughter, not when you're with your child. Don't introduce them to your, to your child. It's invisible dating. So when you're with your child, you're 100% with them. And then that works then be rigid and stick to your parenting schedule too. So you know you have an off weekend. Great. No children this weekend. Then do your dating. But don't think, you know what? Brenda's so important to me and we've been dating for a week and a half. <laughs> I'd really like her to see. Or, or we've been together now so long. It's my longest relationship at two months. I really want her to see my, you know. And no, it doesn't go well. And then what happens? What happens if Brenda is almost a better mom than mom? Like Brenda, they do paper dolls together or they were decorating a cake or she's teaching her to ride a bike or something. And the child comes back and says, mommy, Brenda showed me how to make paper dolls, you know, and, 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 and she said I could call her anything I want. So I'm going to call her mommy Brenda. Is that okay? <laughs> what? I'm your mother. You know? <laughs> and so they're, they're not being abused, but they're having such a great time. With his new girlfriend. But, but Kevin, so let, let me blow, give you a It can blow back scenario. that way, too. Well, we're going to get it's to just... the good news, hopefully. But the, 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 the worst, <laughs> one of the worst cases, this is an actual case, actual case. 
dad uh, was dating a new had a new girlfriend, uh, uh, his fiance. He's going to marry this this uh, this new girl, and uh, so uh, he uh, he and the girl and the daughter and and the new girl were together, and the dad went out for pizza, and uh, it was a candlelit kind of table situation. Little girls, one of the little girls' braids caught on fire. Now, a quick story is that the child was not seriously harmed. They rushed her to the hospital, and you know, so it was some singed hair and, and you know, maybe a patch. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, sadly, you know, but then mom then rushes to court then to get get restricted parenting time because of this, the the danger of this new woman that Des brought in, the carelessness of the, uh, you know, the this woman that injured her child, and so yeah. So that was that was that's a tough case. So, so I think it's a, it's a man. I think the good news would be, you know, as you say, Kevin, introduce a new person slowly, and but but be be vigilant. In other words, uh, I mean, accidents can happen, but you you don't want an accident to happen when it's the significant other, you know, in the room, and yeah. And and not yeah. overnight with their their new squeeze, you know, like like overnights are a problem. And, uh, I've had it. I've had to go bad where mom is doesn't have majority time, mm. but she has a new guy. Let's call him Bruce, and then he starts spending the night. And uh, the accusation was, you know, he touched the ch- or yelled at the child, disciplined the child. It was not difficult, but yelling and being mean or whatever, and. Uh, Oh my gosh, it was just a firestorm that was tough to get out of. It was like going through a dark tunnel of mm-hmm. litigation just to get mom back her child. But as we as we near the end of, you know, we got about five minutes left. Um, is there anything we can do to cheer people up? Now we've talked about this morass of accusations and and yes, there's DCFS and possible there's criminal, sometimes criminal charges, sometimes kids are injured, but mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. often seen false allegations. Too. You got it. You know what? Weapon. You know what I think the solution might. There's really not mm-hmm. a simple solution, but one thing I try to do: people with children are never going to get divorced. Okay, They'll, think about it. They're going to be after the. Yeah. They're going to get formally yeah. divorced, right? But they're going to be interacting with each other for the rest of their children's lives. So. They need to get along at a certain level so their children are not damaged. So their children are not going to need to be on a therapist's couch. So their children are not going to need to be taking anti-anxiety medication when they go away to college. So their children are not getting in bad abusive relationships and romantic relationships in their lives. So I try to almost guilt my parents into doing their best to get along or just coexist with that ex-spouse so that their kids aren't more damaged than they already are. The kids, you, a kid can't go through a divorce unscathed, okay? But there's a level of scathing. Right. And if you want to mess up, I, I use the, you know, I use the street words. If you want to screw up your kid, keep fighting about this parenting time with your ex. Keep making all these accusations. You're going to drive that kid to drink. You're going to drive that kid to, to experiment with drugs or worse. So that's the, and, and when, when parents yeah, realize that, and yeah. some of them do. One thing good about our society is we're getting more and more educated uh, in the courts as well in this psychological stuff. So I see a lot of parents say, you know, you're right. 
I don't want to screw up Danny for the rest of his in life. In fact, Dan, I, I want to add to what you're saying that the there is a rule in in our circuit court of Cook County in Illinois where parents undergoing a divorce have to take a mandatory parent education class. They have to take it. And uh, I have had parents who have come to me and said, you know, my eyes are opened. You know, I, I really didn't see it that way. And they benefited from the parent education class. Now, some parents just take it and just fluff it off and just go ahead and are bad actors yeah. anyway. But for those parents that benefit from it, those parents that benefit from it, then they really, you know, they say, oh, I didn't know that it would kind of have that kind of effect on my kid. You know, I'm really going to work to cooperate with my uh, with, with the other parent. And you warn, you warn them, too. You know, you keep this up. You're making a bobcat. When that bobcat becomes 17, 18, 19 years old, you're going to have hell to pay. And, you know, what goes around comes around with yeah. children. <laughs> and, my God, you got a 19-year-old angry yeah. child. That's a very difficult situation to have to deal with. So, I don't know. But I, I see parents learning. I see them getting they – don't, they don't want to put this – this cross on their child's future as much as they may hate the good life that their ex-spouse might be having or something like that. That most, most parents don't want to screw up their kids. <laughs> right. I believe that yeah. in my heart. Yeah. I've said in previous episodes of our podcast, and I'm happy to tell anybody who will listen that one of the things I say to parents is when you're with your child, don't talk about the other parent. When they say, well, don't ask. They just tell me. And I say, oh. don't even listen. As we always try to do, as we wrap up this episode, this two-part episode, it's nice to help people feel a little cheered up. We've taken them down this dark alley of sadness, of, of accusing and, and children refusing. But is there anything we can offer in the way of hope or, or maybe help people prevent problems? Now, I've mentioned invisible dating. That is, if you want to date and you're the non-majority parent, you're getting your parenting time, everything's fine, then why upset the apple cart by introducing Brenda or Marilyn to your child? I think the time is just wait until you're practically engaged. Give it some time. The child should not see you cycle through a lot of dating and a lot of different partners. And worse yet, people staying overnight and showing up in a bathrobe at breakfast. It just disrupts the child's life. Plus, the child comes back to the other parent with stories about how uncomfortable they are around Betty or whatever. Is there any other things we can offer in the way of hope, Dan or Barry, or ideas? Well, I, we mentioned it briefly, but don't be shy about putting your child in. Uh, maybe counseling is a word that scares people off, but just talking to a professional. The counseling world and the psychological world has become so knowledgeable about this, and there's no reason to shy away from bringing your child into it quickly. So don't worry about the stigma of counseling. And th the problem is with the counselor, they, they want to have a diagnosis for insurance purposes, you know, generalized anxiety disorder. And if they can lay off the diagnosis uh, or, you know, go easy on that, I worry that the child might get stigmatized or labeled. But I like the idea of counseling. I'm sorry, just to follow up, many of these social workers, you don't even have to really call it counseling, formal psychotherapeutic counseling. Some of these social workers are so good, and they just work in the village halls, 
and they're not asking for a big, huge amount of money. It's just somebody that the children can go and talk to without even really calling it therapy or counseling. Just an outside, independent, unbiased adult that they can open up to. We'll put a link of uh, to Children in Between, which is the court-approved uh, uh, online parenting course. I think it's $39 and takes four hours. It's often mandated, but you could just take it if you don't mind spending the money and might be prove educational. Um, heard of rainbows. Uh, they put kids in a group, if I'm understanding correct, right? Another thing that we never mentioned, I think, was school counselors can sometimes be a great resource. And they don't take things, you know, they're not going to go down the road of medication and diagnosis and stuff. But if they understand that there's trouble at home, and would you, you know, take Bobby or Susie or aside, and would you spend some time? They might, they might take an interest because, um, and now it's going to be by Zoom or I'm sure on video, but there's another person, another professional that you can, you can try to get. And, Talk about low cost, probably free to get the school counselor involved. Don't, don't forget about grandparents, too. Grandparents are very protective of their grandchildren. And they may be the cheapest, most reliable, safest intermediary in these fights that exist in the family structure. So sometimes I say, you know what, go get your mom. Bring her over to these transfers. Have her bring your daughter over to see her dad can really change things and calm things down. Yes, I, I mean, I've had all kinds of flavors. Sometimes they take sides, and, you know, and they, uh, but, but if they can be the voice of reason, you know, more experienced, more mature, yeah. And, uh, well, thank you very much for your time, Dan, and joining us for this uh, two-part episode. We'll put some links up, and we'll get a link to your firm's website, Talking Parents, uh, Children in Between, Our Family Wizard, so as it's come, as we've run out of time, I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. And I'm attorney Barry C. Boykin. I'm attorney Dan Flory. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>